What is ahead for the Ford government this summer? Time to pick out a cabinet. Who do you like for the Ontario cabinet? And will the Ontario government come back fairly shortly to try and pass this budget? Remember, they didn't pass a budget. They said, well, here's our budget. We'll run on it. And then the premier has said, well, well you know, we'll tinker around the edges, but we'll, we'll come back at some point and, and we'll, we'll pass this thing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, if you are looking for a job in the cabinet, here's Doug Ford with some advice. I have one rule with our caucus. Don't lobby me for cabinet or no one lobby me or your, your supporters lobby me. It just doesn't work that way with me. We sit down. We do the evaluation. Uh, we sit down. We do an evaluation. Don't lobby me. Don't call up. Don't tell me you're my buddy. Don't do that, that's what the Premier had to say. A great story about this uh, online right now on globalnews.ca by our Colin DeMello, Global News, Queen's Park Bureau Chief. Colin, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Alan. All, all right. Um, let, let's begin with, is the House coming back before September? The, the, the budget itself, um, you know, all... all um, signs point to them having to come back at some point, either in June or in July, in order to pass that uh, spending document. You know, the most recent example we have of this is back in 2014. You might remember you were you were spending a lot of time, obviously, at Queen's Park. Uh, Kathleen Wynne had been uh, defeated by uh, the opposition. Andrea Horvath chose to not support her budget. They went to an election, and then they had to come back and reintroduce the exact same budget when Kathleen Wynne then won a majority uh, in 2014. So, uh, you know, th I believe they did it within about 30 to 90 days uh, back in 2014. So, you know, we're not looking at a prolonged period of time between now and then for them to actually reintroduce the spending document. Uh, it's not as if, you know, municipalities that rely on the flow of transfer of funds are, you know, sitting in the dark wondering what's going to happen because the government has said that they would really introduce the exact same spending document with a couple of tweaks here and there, especially when it comes to ODSP rates that the government made promises on uh, during the election campaign. But we're expecting sometime either at the end of June or sometime in July uh, that they'll come back. Hmm, that's interesting. I kind of got the, the vibe from the press conference from the premier that he might uh, wait until September. But what you're saying is maybe just bring bring the House back in, convene, pass the spending bill and goodbye. See you in September. Yeah, I mean, even if it's for the briefest amount of time, right? I, I mean, you know, when you're uh, I forget what reading the actual budget was, but they would have to reintroduce the budget. They would have to have a throne speech and do all of that. You might remember back in 2018, it was actually, you know, July 29th, I believe, that they you know, brought government back right away because they wanted to make um, some wholesale changes, especially when it came to uh, repealing cap and trade. So they got to work right away back then. You know, one could argue that that precedent was set by this government, that they may want to follow their own example. Doug Ford doesn't often like to kind of sit on his hands. He likes to get in there and, and, and uh, you know, get it done, as they said during the election <laughs> campaign. Uh, so, so chances are that they would bring back the legislature sooner rather than later, rather than wait all the way until September. OK, let's talk cabinet. Um, don't lobby Doug Ford. Obviously, the big hole in the cabinet here is the Minister of Health, and there has got to be you know, regardless of what the premier has to say, there has got to be some lobbying underway. Uh, to who do you see as a possible successor to Christine Elliott? Yeah, so a lot of insiders tell me that the person who needs to be there has to be, you know, a good manager of a, a massive bureaucracy. You're talking about a seventy-five 
billion dollar budget that they have to oversee. They've got to oversee all of Ontario's hospitals. Perhaps they might bring the long-term care system under this once again. Uh, you're dealing with home care and you're dealing with, again, you know, trying to bring this entire bureaucracy under one umbrella. Um, they created something called Ontario Health during their first term in office in 2019, and that was to eliminate the local health integration networks all across the province and really streamline the process of getting funding directly to hospitals. Uh, you know, that's a gargantuan effort that still needs to be uh, you know, fully completed. It was largely kind of put on hold during the pandemic. They'd had a plan to eliminate or downsize the number of public health units. Again, that got sidetracked by the government. And They've got to deal with this massive surgical backlog that they still have. Um, and, and, you know, once the surgical backlog is taken care of, they have hallway medicine uh, that, you know, still was existing around 2018. So insiders are telling me that, you know, Doug Ford's going to have to rely on somebody who he trusts implicitly, who was a cabinet minister in the last cabinet and who was an outperformer in that last cabinet. So some of the names that have been bandied about are, have been people like Stephen Lecce, who is a high performing cabinet minister. Um, it, from 2018 all the way until, or from 2019 all the way until 2022. Um, Greg Rickford, somebody who really has, you know, has the ear of the premier and has been a top performing uh, minister could potentially be in there. He understands indigenous issues really well as well. And so that could be another layer there, right? Indigenous health issues uh, being a part of and a bigger part of the Ministry of Health. Uh, there could also be Prabhmeet Sarkaria, a person from Brampton who uh, has you know, was promoted to uh, the president of the Treasury Board, a really high cabinet position, a visible minority within this cabinet as well, that they might want to put as somebody who is at the forefront uh, of their government. Um, and, and Caroline Mulrooney is another name that kind of comes out as well, although Caroline Mulrooney doesn't necessarily have, um, you know, a, a good relationship or as great a relationship with the media as some might expect. And a good communicator is somebody who you would expect to be in that position. So those are some of the names that have, that have come out, but we could see surprises. I mean, Cabinet is one of those, you know, really small circles of people who have input, uh, as you know. And you know, you could come out with a surprise at the end of the day. Yeah. And of course, there's always the regional balance as well. He's got to be thinking about, you know, being get some of that uh, a representation from the north, from also from Windsor. You know, they won in they won in Timmins. They, they won in Windsor. I think you're going to want to see some some. It doesn't have to be a high cabinet uh, post, but you're going to have to see some representation from those areas, I think. Um, oh, oh I absolutely. Wanna, I, I just want to play in terms of promises that uh, Doug Ford has made. How, how how highly do you rank this one? Play this. Believe me, I'm obsessed with learning French. Um, is the premier obsessed with learning French? <laughs> he, he, I mean, it's definitely something he wants to do. Uh, I, I mean, he started taking French classes right at uh, the beginning of his uh, mandate. I, I mean, a lot of things were sidelined by the pandemic. Home amongst us could really, you know, endure classes while also dealing with screaming children or, you know, in his case, an entire <laughs> screaming province. Um, so it's taken, I mean, I would say, you know, his French skills, at least the ones that he's shown publicly, are very uh, very close to my daughter's French skills, and she's in senior <laughs> kindergarten in French immersion. We so, stay à la maison, <laughs> right? I mean, he knows some of those. He knows some of those basic French words. But I mean, if if Doug Ford uh, ever wants to be a candidate for prime minister, you know, he would have to win over a lot of people in Quebec, and, and it's and it's not enough to have 
you know, a, a rudimentary understanding uh, of French. He would really need to be able to think in French, speak in French, uh, you know, communicate fluently in French if he ever wants to be uh, that role of, of, of prime minister. And of course, you know, in Quebec, they take uh, French language issues very seriously. So um, he's going to have to brush up a lot. It's definitely something that I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily number one in his agenda, but it certainly is something that, you know, he's he's committed to. Um, we, we do have Francophone media in Ontario, and, and I don't know if they're necessarily completely satisfied with where his French is at, but they would tell <laughs> yeah. you at least they're, they appreciate the effort. The effort. <laughs> Colin, appreciate your time today. Please be well. <laughs> My pleasure. That's Colin DeMello, who is our Global News Queen's Park Bureau Chief.